Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Praising God. Excited about the show coming up. Amen. Amen. Also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Extremely blessed in the Lord. Amen. And uh, I'm excited about this hearty. topic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You know, praise the Lord. But I'm excited about this topic. It is a, a very important topic that we're going to be discussing on this episode. And one of the cool things is, is as we get into it here, I, I do believe the email I wanted to read off right now is something of a picture of the reason for this show, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what is said in this email, especially the end of it. I was blessed by it when Tony read read it to me earlier today, and Joe hasn't heard it yet, so I figured let's read it on air and he can hear uh, another blessing from someone, a praise report about the shows. And so one of the things that we want to do, I think he encompasses it, and we'll be talking about that during the show, and hopefully the goal of the Good Fight Radio Show and Good Fight Ministries as a whole. But this is a, a brother named Nick. He wrote in to us and he said, thank you to Joe Tony and Chad for your work on your YouTube, 511 News, and the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm sharing your videos and messages with family as I can without overwhelming them. I've learned so much from your ministry to the degree I can explain my faith simply, which is such a relief. And I got to be able, I got to tell you that when I think of the Good Fight Radio Show, when I think of 511 News, when I think of Good Fight YouTube channel, Blessed Hope Chapel, Joe's teaching specifically, I've always found it's been a blessing, not only to me from being disciple all these years now, on January 19th, I think it made 12 years or 13 years, I think I've been saved uh, all these years, is being able to have these things communicated to me in a way that I can understand and then therefore communicate with others. You know, not just simply trying to, you know, postulate and use these huge words and have everyone think, oh, that guy's so smart, but you have no idea what the guy said, you know. Uh, you know, when I was talking with my son, uh, Eli, I think he was about four or maybe five, and we were talking about words. And one of the things he said was, well, yeah, but if you were so smart, no one would even be able to understand you because the words <laughs> you use. I'm like, well, if you were really, really intelligent, you'd be able to express it in a way that people could understand you. That's and right. he's like, oh, that makes <laughs> sense, you know. And I, and I do believe that's a lot of what this show has been. I know that Joe is uh, what they call it, a bibliophile. I know you like to read your <laughs> books, right? Uh, I know myself, same thing. I, I trip typically, obviously with scripture reading is huge for us as a ministry. That's, I, I believe that's first and foremost, Psalm 1, you need to be meditating on the word day and night. I believe Jesus was very clear, man doesn't live on bread alone by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so that is first and foremost, but we also like to dig into these books and then kind of express them in a way for the things we agree with, not the things we disagree with typically, uh, express them in a way for you guys to understand them. And so this episode, and I think that encompasses it, that that email encompasses what this episode And that email do. came in right when we were talking about that today. Yes, We were did. talking about how we take these really academically, you know, scholarly books 
and we read through them, or most of the time you read through them, <laughs> and then we're able to express them on the shows and put it in a way that's palatable and understandable for most people, not getting too academic with the topics. Yeah. And we were just talking about that, and that email came in, which is why I read it to you, because it was right on topic. We were just sitting here <laughs> talking, and, and that came up. Yeah. So it was very interesting. No, amen. And so this has been a blessing. This has been something, obviously, has been Joe's ministry for a long time to be able to express things. And I think that's what he's been able to do. And it's why we as a fellowship, not only Good Fight Ministries, but as a fellowship, Blessed Hope Chapel. And guys, if, if, if you didn't know, we have the live stream every Wednesday, every Sunday. Get, Tony will put the link in the description. Please, please go check it out because Joe gets even deeper on those. And these are really, really important to, to get into and to dig into and to watch and, and be encouraged because these are the things we've been learning. And that's why our fellowship is a fellowship and has been uh, that evangelizes because we hear these things mm -hmm. and we want to, just like the apostle said, I believe it's Acts 4.20, we cannot help but speak of the things we've seen and heard. I think there's certain, thi certain things, it just gets into your heart and you're like, wait a second, that was awesome, that was cool to learn, but I got to go tell it to someone, <laughs> right? Yeah. When, I eat, when I eat great food, I, right? I don't just I just don't I don't just sit and think about it a lot. I'm like I'm texting my friends, dude. I just got this sushi place, right? <laughs> Let alone when Jesus comes into your life or you learn something profound, you want to express it to someone. So that's what we're gonna do today, and hopefully we can explain a question that comes up a lot. And I think it's somewhat uh, accusatory. I, I, a lot of times, if you're online, you may hear this because we talk a lot about, and the reason why is the scriptures talk a lot about repentance. And the question is, and something that people bring up a lot, is the fact that repentance, or what they believe and perceive, that repentance is a work. So I guess all of that lead-in is to ask you, Joe, is repentance a work? No, that's a great question. Uh, if it's a work, then, you know, every Christian for the last 1,900 plus years has been damned because... All the, the entire Christian church, for the most part, is always taught that you have to repent. And if repentance is a work whereby you earn your salvation, uh, then Jesus and the Apostle Paul would be false teachers because they both taught that unless you repent, Jesus said, unless you repent, you all likewise perish. So he taught that repentance was a requirement, a condition uh, that one must meet if they were to not perish. Uh, Peter said, God wills that all would be saved and come to repentance uh, that none would perish, that all would be saved, and that none would perish, but all would be saved and come to the re come to repentance. So uh, it's very, very clear in Scripture that repentance is a condition uh, of salvation. Uh, it's that people misunderstand repentance. A lot of times, people mm -hmm. think repentance is cleaning up your life and uh, getting rid of all these horrible things and and uh, perfecting yourself, and then God will accept you. And there's that, and but guess what? Repentance does involve mm -hmm. if you truly repent from your heart. And you have a changed heart, you will, uh, your life will be radically transformed. But repentance, when we, it's properly and biblically understood, uh, leads to uh, the fruit of repentance is a life that God cleans up uh, as we trust Him, look to Him, and uh, turn from sin. So repentance is a heart attitude. And when people look at it, so repentance is falsely taught in a couple different ways. Sometimes it's confused with the Roman Catholic penance, you know, mm. which is doing a bunch of things basically to get in God's favor, you know, saying this Mount of Hell Marys and so forth. Uh, for others, repentance is, is only a change of mind. It doesn't entail a transformed life at all. And that's what we would, you know, that's unfortunately something that those who espouse easy believism, you know, 
uh, what we call cheap grace. I think Bonhoeffer called it cheap grace. I'm not a fan of some of Bonhoeffer's teachings, uh, but he nailed that one. Uh, uh, greasy grace can be called, I think that's a better term. Uh, it's cheap in the sense that it cheapens the gospel and what Jesus yeah, did for amen. us and saying you could just live, live like hell and still inherit the kingdom of God. So uh, in one hand, when on one hand, we have to understand what repentance is and what it is not to answer the question if it's a work. So people that say, well, repentance is a work are typically people that don't believe repentance is necessary for salvation. Uh, and sometimes people empty it of its meaning to an extent to where it's not even recognizable biblically and say, no, it's not a work. It's just mental assent that Jesus died for you. has nothing to do with turning from sin and so forth. I've heard we, that a lot, actually. That's, yeah. that's something that has become the it's something you see online all the time. Yeah. You see that in teachings on YouTube channels. Very and popular so forth. amongst once they've always it's just people. this it's like a thought it's like yeah. a thought process, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so yeah. that's interesting. I'm I hope we're gonna tackle that today in this episode. Yeah, and and you know, I know we need to discuss, you know, how it is not a work and what it really is to really get our hands and our, our, our brains and our hearts, our minds around repentance. Uh but it's definitely a condition of salvation. John the Baptist, you know, uh you know, excoriated the Pharisees uh, who came to watch the baptism with their, you know, and, and just kind of looked down at what was going on with John the Baptist. Uh, they dared not come against him at that point uh, because people believed he had come from God. And he said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then he said, bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, they need to repent because he said that acts already laid to the root of the tree and every tree that doesn't bear fruit is going to be thrown in the fire. So without the repentance, they would be thrown in the fire. However, think about it. He says, bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. So the fruit is not to be confused with the repentance. Paul said in, toward the end of book, the book of Acts, I think it's chapter 20 or 21, uh, before a certain king, he said he teaches to do works in accordance with repentance. So works and repentance are not synonyms. They're not the same thing. But true repentance leads to good works. Mm. Just like the Bible says in James 2, Faith without works is dead, just like the body without the spirit is dead. And if you say you, you have faith, but you don't have any evidence of that faith, or if you say you have repentance, but there's no evidence of that repentance, uh, you're, you're liars. First John talks about those who say uh, they're in the light, but they're still in darkness, you know? So it's interesting when you look at even uh, faith, you know, faith is not a work uh, that we do to merit salvation. And either is repentance. And when you understand that repentance and faith go together, and they're part of a volitional attitude that humbles, right? When humbles themselves before the Lord, and in their hearts, uh, turns from a heart of rebellion with a contrite, broken heart because of how wicked we've been. Our hearts have a transformation whereby we say, "No, you know what? I can't believe that I've lived such a wicked life." And I, you, and it's not remorse or regret in of itself, but true repentance has regret. Has regret. It's the conviction of sin that brings a sense of regret which brings a contrite heart that uh, is able to confess sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. It leads to, uh, it's described, this is what's interesting. Sometimes it's re, it, uh, described in Hebrews 6 as a turning from, and Paul defines it as a turning toward. It's like, well, which is it? Well, it's actually both, but it actually is part of faith. Listen to Hebrews 6, I love this, where it says, therefore, in verse 1, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. Our dead works are, are just is sin, you know, works that we do in the flesh, works that we do to think we can earn salvation, uh, just doing our own thing. 
laying, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and to faith toward God. I love that. Because repentance is a is a uh, heart that turns from dead works, turns from sin. It's not talking about all the activity of, you know, going out and doing good things and so forth. But it's a heart condition. Whereby in our hearts we say, you know what? I don't want to be in rebellion to God anymore. But notice what it also says. Repentance from dead works and to faith and a faith toward God. So there he defines repentance as a heart turning from sin and faith as a turning toward God. And so faith, so repentance can be described as turning from in the heart or also turning toward. Because when you're turning from, you're also doing what? You're turning toward. Yeah. You know? That's why it can be described as both. And it's important that we understand that this is where it gets really, I think, clear, uh, hopefully for people, is that the reason repentance and faith go together is you can't have repentance without faith. You can't have faith without repentance. That's why repentance is a requirement for salvation, because true faith involves repentance. For instance, the prodigal son, and that's the Greek word uh, for repentance, metanoia, a beautiful Greek word. It means to have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of the will. That's how it's used throughout Scripture. So when our will, our heart, our mind changes to whereby we've been convicted of our sin and our rebellion against the Lord, in our hearts we say, hey, I'm no longer going to be in rebellion to the Lord. I'm going to stop going down this road to destruction, the broad road leads to destruction, and I'm having a change of heart. I'm going to turn back or I'm going to turn to the Father in heaven. That's exactly what the prodigal son did. It says he had a change of mind, or he came to his senses. So there was a time where he was in full-blown rebellion. There was a time when he went back to his father. But when he went back to his father and made that journey back, that in itself wasn't repentance. That's the fruit of repentance. Repentance was when he had a change of heart, change of mind, when he came to his senses. And, and he was dead. He said, was, my son was dead. Yeah, he repented when he was dead in his sins. Oh. For our Calvinist friends, you say that a dead person can't do anything. <laughs> you knew where I was going. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the Bible talks about the dead, that they walk according uh, yeah, to the trespass. Ephesians you know, too, yeah. Yeah, according to the prince power of the earth, they can evidently walk, so it's the walking dead. They can do a lot of things in the Bible, <laughs> you know. The dead will hear my voice, you know, when Jesus resurrects them. They can hear his voice, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, now we're going to get off on that. I know, that's what I uh, No, 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 that's a whole other whole nother deal. Uh, but it's interesting because when we look at repentance there, uh, it's, it's, it's like you can't leave. Let's say, hey, you're stuck in Vegas, man, and it's a sin hole, right? And you're just like where you're living. You're on the strip, you know, and you're, you're a prodigal son and you've left your father's house and, and your father lives in Hawaii. And you remember the, the love of the father in Hawaii and, and surfing those big waves and how beautiful it was and you were enticed, you know? Uh, to visit some prostitute that you met online in, in Vegas and you're living in Vegas. You find yourself, you lost everything like the prodigal son. Well, to go to Hawaii, you have to leave Vegas, <laughs> right? <laughs> and repentance describes the leaving and Hawaii going describes the faith, but they describe more accurately the fruit of the heart change of leaving and going, right? So it, it happens in the heart before you ever take physical steps and do physical works, repentance is in the heart. And when there's that change of heart to whereby you're tired of rebelling against God and you decide in your heart, I'm no longer going to rebel against him. I'm gonna, and you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and cry out for mercy. You confess your sins. You're forgiven before you've done any, any works. Uh, 
So it's imperative that we understand this because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word confess there in the Greek is homo legeo. And homo is, you know, the term homosexual means same sex, having sex with the same person. The word homo is not a bad word in itself. It means same. It's not hom- It's not homosexual. It's just homo legeo. And that means same. And legeo means words to speak. And it literally in the Greek means, confess means to say the same thing in its context is as God is saying about your sin. Yeah. You're saying, you know what, God? You're right. This is sin. You're convicted of your sin. I'm convicted. I'm going to turn from it. When you confess, you're, you're basically confess to the Lord that you're done with living a life of rebellion against him. And the Bible says, you know, that he who covers his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses it and forsakes it says that man will be blessed. So if you're truly confessing in your heart, you know, there's repentance in the heart. And then the forsaking the, the acts of forsaking will come as a result of that. But it starts with an attitude of the heart and say, yeah, I'm done with my sin. Yeah, I think, you know, as you keep bringing up the crying out for mercy, I automatically my head goes, the publican and the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18. Yeah. You know, and you have him there crying, have mercy on me, oh God, I'm a sinner. And to me, I see that as a repentant man oh, coming absolutely. to faith, right? Um, and and it's so interesting that we could look at that and the logical deduction that would take place is you read that text and this is a man repenting of his sin because he's turned from it and saying, I don't want to be this sinner anymore. I want to turn to God. I've been this wicked tax collector. I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't see how someone takes that and doesn't recognize that God has now given them a heart, a new heart that says, I don't want those things that I used to do before. Yeah, amen. You know, this this change of heart, which leads to a change of action, is the what would take place in somebody that was given a new heart with the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's just, you know, you see that, you see that, and I I just it's so confusing to me that this can get muddied in the water when people just mess this up. I guess that's yeah. a, the, my simplest uh, <laughs> form there, just messing this up because that's what it is. Well, what's sad is that you have millions of people now that are living, you know, observably hypocritical lives. You have a false gospel going out there where people are taught they don't need to have a change of heart and in their hearts, uh, you know, be convicted about their sin and and turn from a life of rebellion in their hearts to Jesus and that will show up in their walks. Uh, in fact, Jesus in Luke 24 the Great Commission, you know, uh, Luke 24, around verse 47 or so, Jesus said to his apostles in the Great Commission to go and preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He linked the two together, just like he said, unless you repent, uh, you all likewise perish. So that's crystal clear in Scripture. In fact, we did a whole message, if someone wants to look it up, I think for 25, 30 minutes, we went off on Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that showed that salvation is conditioned upon true, genuine repentance. And that's why, as I said before, faith and repentance go together because I can't turn to Jesus unless I'm turning from my own my old life. So I have to turn from. So you can't have uh, faith without repentance. Just like you can't have true repentance without faith because if I'm turning from, that means I'm turning toward him. And turning toward anyone but whatever I'm turning from still is just sin. more of that. <laughs> yeah, it's still you know? sin, yeah. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and then, then when you understand that way, it makes perfect sense. And we see it described that way uh, throughout Scripture. And no, you're exactly right, Chad. Uh, it, it gets convoluted and, and then you get a false message where people are in rebellion to God. They're being told they're Christians and yeah. they're and, and then they become twice the, 
you know, the, it's like the Pharisees yeah, yeah, who go amen. compass land and sea, make people uh, twice the children of hell. And we, we just talked about that on a recent show. In quote-unquote Christians, Pew Research Center, one of the most recent studies on this, they asked Christians how they felt about casual sex, not even not even we're ta- we're not even talking about like did someone think that if they're in a committed relationship because those numbers were even much higher over 50% of the christians that pew research center asked about casual sex have absolutely no problem with with doing that or people pew. practicing that that's terrible man that's pretty sick yeah pew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right excuse the pun there pretty sick though. that's that's really sad in fact the apostle paul you know the apostle of grace i mean from i think it's like you know romans 321 through chapter 4 he talks about faith like 17 or so times there about how we're justified by faith and so forth. And it's important that we understand that Paul's real clear that we're saved by grace through faith that not of ourselves give to God, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine. Uh, but it's interesting in Romans three has all this emphasis on where salvation is saved by grace through faith. And he makes it really clear, verse chapter 11, verse six. But if it's by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. The same apostle who emphasizes that we're saved by grace through faith, says in Romans 2.4, makes it very clear that one must repent to be saved, Romans 2.4, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, same book, Romans, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? The context there is that he's talking about Jews who are saying, yeah, Paul, go get those Gentiles. For the first chapter, he goes, talks about the Gentiles are in rebellion to God, you know, rejecting the knowledge of God that he's instilled in them, uh, worshiping the creature rather than the creator, uh, involved in fornication and homosexuality and everything else. And then he says, who are you to judge? You're doing the same thing to the Jews. And they're rejecting the gospel. And he says, it's his kindness that leads you, leads you to repentance. But your stubborn heart, see, that's the condition. Their hearts, they would not mm. change. And then he goes on to talk about their damnation. So repentance is part of the message and the gospel of grace. It simply means to, to quit rebelling against God in your heart and turn to Christ in faith. It's part of faith. Now, we call them, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're conjoined twins. I call them conjoined twins, but not identical twins. There's a little bit difference between faith and repentance. Repentance is turning from a heart condition that turns from a change of heart, change of mind. Faith is trusting in Christ. And I said, you can't have one. You can't have, you can't be turning. You can't turn from unless you're turning toward and you can't turn toward unless you're turning from. So this is all very important. Now it's also important. uh, And I'm glad you, you know, when you brought up Chad, the, uh, the two, two men or the two, uh, men in the the Pharisee Pharisee and the publican, the publican, man, there's a lot of those, Jesus contrasts these different attitudes in, in twos a lot. He does that with the prodigal son, which we already mentioned, Amen. you know, uh, and his older brother, right? And the prodigal son represented repentance when they were coming down on Jesus at the very beginning of chapter 15 because he was, you know, uh, basically sinners, ministering yeah. to tax gatherers and yeah. prostitutes and what have you. And he began to describe repentance. What's well, interesting, when you go to Matthew chapter 21, you see him talk about two sons, and remember, he tells them, the father goes and tells them to go out and work in the vineyard. One says, oh, yeah, I'll go. He doesn't go. The other one says, you know, he, well, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. And he does change. He does go. In fact, it says in verse 29, but afterward, the one, the, the son who said he wasn't going to do it. Nope, dad, not going to do it. It says, but afterward, he, uh, he regretted it and he went. So he actually showed forth. He regretted it. That was a, that heart change. And then he went. The going is the fruit of that heart change. Mm. So we don't want to conf- confuse repentance, which is a heart change where we 
turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm convicted, and I turn to you in faith, and uh, we, 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 we turn from self and the broad road and hearts to him with the actual fruit of it. Just like you don't want to, you don't want to confuse faith. Faith without works is dead. You don't want to confuse faith with works, but... You don't want to confuse fruit. John said, bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. As we mentioned earlier, what's he talking about? The fruit is different than the repentance, but true repentance always brings forth genuine fruit. And we have to, repentance is heart change that lets, let, you know, let's go of a life of rebellion. I think about the story of a, a little boy who stuck his hand in a vase and he could barely get it in, but there was a penny at the bottom. He could see through this transparent glass vase and he grabbed the penny and he had it in his hand and, and uh, his hand got stuck and he's crying, he's upset, you know, and that's what sin does, right? You get stuck, you're upset. His mom says, you know what, let's pull the hand out. So she tried everything, she could not pull his hand out. She started, she used some cooking oil, she still couldn't get his hand out. And then she said to her, her son, she said, you know what, this is gonna hurt, you know? It might even be a little bit of blood, but I gotta do it, gotta get your hand out of there. And she got a hammer out, you know, it's gonna break the glass. And then he was terrified, he said, mom, will it help if I let go of the penny, you know? And she said, yes, you know, and he let go. Well, guess what? The letting go was the fruit of him, what? Having a heart change, seeing the wrath of the hammer come. And his heart, he was like, decided to let go, okay? The letting go was the fruit of that. If he didn't really mean it, he wouldn't have let go, you know? So that's important to understand that, that, that sometimes we, 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 uh, we continue to hold on to things uh, before we get saved. We, we, you know, the world over. People refuse to let go in their hearts, and that's not true repentance. In fact, Paul, when he talks about, it's not only incongruent to say that repentance isn't part of faith in regard to uh, Romans, but Ephesians. By, you know, grace you save through faith, that not of yourselves, gift of God, not of works us, anyone should boast. Are we to say that the church at Ephesus, church at Ephesus, what refused to repent? But Paul addresses them, the very first verse, he says, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. The saints are the ones who are faithful. They're not the ones that are in rebellion. If you're unfaithful in rebellion to God, you ain't a saint, okay? <laughs> and in Revelation 17, 14, it speaks of Christ's coming. And with him, it says, are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. faithful. He's not coming back with the faithless. He's coming uh, with the call, the chosen, and the faithful. You can go ahead and read Ephesians 5, 4 through 8, where Paul says, we know for certain, he talks about, gives advice to those who practice these things. He says, they have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. He says, don't be partakers with them. He, he says, and don't partake of their wrath, verse 8, you know. So it's important. And Chad, you're talking about uh, the heart change of the public. And Jesus said, you know, that a man must, uh, unless you become like children and you humble yourself like children and are converted, you by no means enter the kingdom of God. So it speaks of a heart that humbles itself before the Lord. And you know what? Ultimately, we read throughout Scripture, uh, Ezekiel 18, 31, Rid yourselves of all your offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O people of Israel? You know? And it's interesting. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will move from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. This is all so important because... Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that good works are not an important part of that involve repentance. Because if somebody says, oh, yeah, you, you know, you can repent but not do anything for the Lord. Well, that's not true repentance. I think we've made that clear. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus talks about how the Ninevites repented at the preaching of Jonah. God saw the repentance. And we read in, I believe it's Jonah 3.10, when God saw that they had turned from their evil ways. See, that's the fruit, the evidence of the repentance. So if a brother says he's a 
Christian, he's following Jesus, but there's no fruit of repentance in his life. There's no works that are evidence of his faith. And he's he's going and visiting strip bars and he's and he's doing meth and he's beating his wife and you know, all these different things. I'm gonna say, no, there's no fruit of repentance in your life. That's not repentance. You need to turn and make sure you're saved and so forth. So I think it's very important. One of the scriptures I love is Jeremiah 31, 18. Turn thou me, and I will be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Just as the one who prayed, give me a new heart. Yeah, we're not born again and get a new heart and then we pray. No, they prayed, turn me, you know. Pray, give me a new heart, you know. And then he gives us that heart as we cry out to him, the Holy Spirit. See, this is what we need to understand. The Bible talks about following Christ's example, and it uses tracing paper. There's an, and Peter uses an ex, a Greek word that has to do with tracing over something. Upagramos. Yeah, beautiful word, you know. Yeah. And there's another Greek word that's quite, quite interesting that deals with a mime, you know, and mimicking like a mime comes from that Greek word, you know, and just following this example, the example of Christ. And we can follow his example, but it's interesting. I look at it this way, is God helps us repent and that he uses that prevenient grace that comes before salvation to draw us, to enlighten us, to convict us. And then he enables the heart, he enables the heart to draw. So I look at it, God taking the little child's hand and he wants to hold their hand, help them trace, repent in their hearts. And when they repent in their hearts, he helps them that and he helps them draw, he helps them follow Christ. But we can pull our way, hand away as well and reject the gift of repentance, reject salvation and the whole deal. Submit to Jesus, let him have your hand and let him lead you in the way of salvation. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.